0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David and I give our final look at the Sunday night matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints right here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at Bucksnation.com. and make sure you follow along on Twitter at lockedonbucks at JArco underscore bucks at DHarrison82, and at bucks underscore Nation. Starting things off with a voicemail from our friend JT in Texas.
1: Hi, guys. JT from Texas. I got a, a one to talk about. I want to know what y'all think our receivers' bat line
0: is going to look like I know we're halfway through the season. All you got to do is guess the last eight games, how everybody's going to finish. Is Mike Evans going to get a thousand yards? How many touchdowns is he going to get? Do the same with the running backs. I just want to wanna see what everybody thinks our offense could be uh, stat-wise. I'm, I'm kind of just wanting to think, uh, see what y'all think.
1: Y'all have a good one. Go Bucks. Hope we get a win tonight. All right, James. So that voicemail coming from our buddy JT out there in Texas wanting to know where we think the wide receiver and running back groups will finish stat wise at the end of the season. So uh, I fear we start with the running back. So through eight games this season, uh, Ronald Jones currently sits at 529 yards rushing uh, on 117 carries. Leonard Fournette, 225 yards rushing on 50 carries. And then, I mean, you got Keyshawn Vaughn there. He's got eight carries for 46 yards. LaShawn McCoy coming in strong with six carries for negative one yard. Um, so that's kind of what the running back group is looking like. I'll go ahead and give my predictions, I, I suppose. I'm not going to get too, too deep into it, JC. I don't know how deep you really want us to get into it. But here's how I kind of see this thing going just from the trends that we've seen. And if everybody stays healthy, I think Ronald Jones probably going to finish James somewhere between 850 and 950 rushing yards. Uh, the way that this offense seems to be operating right now. And I know it's going to be really frustrating for pretty much every Buccaneers fan who hasn't seen uh, with that 1,000-yard rusher and thought that Rojo is going to be able to get there this season. But I think the presence of Leonard Fournette, we've seen it. When Fournette is healthy, he's going to eat into some of those touches. He's going to eat into a good chunk of those yards. And speaking of Fournette, he's sitting at 225 right now. I'm thinking if he can stay healthy and stay on the track, he's been on win healthy. I'm thinking we're looking at Leonard Fournette probably coming in somewhere around 700 rushing yards, right? Which gives the Buccaneers actually a total of about 1,500 rushing yards, depending on how the split actually works between their two main backs, which is a solid rushing season uh, from your two primary backs for, for most teams. A lot of teams would be happy to take that. So for Ronald Jones,
0: I have him finishing the year with 221 carries for 836 and 5. So right in that range that, that you had mentioned. So you did some math. I, I told you. As we were prepping for this, that I was mapping.
1: I basically did what we like to call dead reckoning. I kind of looked at the landscape as I saw it. It's okay. Given the current landscape, here's where I think we're going. So two different approaches, JT. I hope you appreciate that.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, I taught my son how to math and that's why he's in advanced math, much to uh, Ross Jackson's (laughs) chagrin. I have Fournette. I got him finishing at 111 for 644 and four.
1: So looking at the wide receiver group, Mike Evans uh, leading the team in receptions, uh, much to some people's probably surprise, 373 yards and seven touchdowns. Scotty Miller, 25 catches, 400 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Godwin, 25 catches, 279 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know how, how much further we want to go down this list. I mean, Tyler Johnson of the wide receiver group, nine catches, 107 yards. Uh, so here's So here's where we're going to make some people mad. I don't think Mike Evans is getting his thousand yards this season. Uh, I think Mike Evans, I think you're probably looking, I mean, you know, 373 through eight yard or eight games. I don't think that last, I think he is starting to get a little bit healthier. That bye week is going to do some wonders for him again, some weaker, some weaker opponents later in the season. But I think again, kind of frustratingly close. I think you're probably looking at about 870 yards. I think he's going to get about 500 yards here in the last eight, which would be a 130 yard uptick from the first eight. Um, but don't, you know, don't sell the man short. Definitely by any means. Scotty Miller, I think, you're, I think you're looking at a solid 600-yard output uh, if Chris Godwin can get back on the field. Chris Godwin himself, you're probably looking at about another 700, 800 yards given the injuries and the times that he's missed. And Tyler Johnson, I mean, I can see Tyler Johnson being a 400-yard receiver uh, for this offense as things are going. Again, kind of looking back at it, if, if there are some garbage time snaps there, uh, Tyler Johnson's probably going to be one of those guys benefiting from those snaps.
0: Mike Evans, I have been finishing painfully close yeah. to that 1,000-yard mark but just a bit short. 72 receptions, 943 yards, and 13 touchdowns. I think he will almost match his first half production in uh, in touchdown catches. Chris Godwin, 25, 279, and 2. I got him at 59, 804, and 6. Mm. Okay. Scotty Miller, 25 for 402. I have him finishing with 41 for 617 and 5 yeah. because – that one guy is going to cut into those 25 receptions that he's gotten already this year. Antonio Brown, 29 receptions, 466 and 4.
1: Oh, see, I didn't even go with A B yet. I don't, I mean, truth be told, I don't have a projection for A B. So I don't know where we're gonna go with that. But yeah, so I mean, well, I to do, for and it's 29 up it.
0: receptions for 466 yards and four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But before we get to that, of course, we got to get to Uh, week nine and the first game that Antonio Brown will be active for and everybody's expecting him to play. Uh, Bruce Arians has not, you know, has has gone on record saying that he's probably going to play. Not sure how much he's going to play, but you know, the full expectations that Antonio Brown will be active suited up and probably have at least a couple of packages or or route combinations that he's familiar with uh, to run with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense. So we wanted to go in. I I thought about this a little bit earlier. I messaged you about it. I want to go a little bit of doing a little bit of an over under with you. Uh, So over under James 22 and a half snaps for Antonio Brown in week nine over without hesitation over. I think
0: we are going, when the numbers come out Monday morning and we can go through and we can look at all of them. I think Antonio Brown is going to be right around that 50% snap count number. I think whether he's utilized is a different conversation altogether. But having him out there, especially if Chris Godwin is able to suit up and play, having Antonio Brown on the field, even just as a decoy, you have to respect the threat. And Brady might throw him three or four targets in the first, you know two drives to show the Saints, I'm not afraid to use this guy that just walked in off the street but kept himself in shape that I've played with before. You know, I, I played one game with him last year after one week of practice. And guess what? I got him a touchdown pass.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the reason I came with the number 22 and a half is because you look at a lot of these games. I mean, the last three games, you know, the Buccaneers have had offensive reps up to the numbers of about, you know, 66, I think 66, 70, 72, I want to say. So 22 and a half is right around the 30% mark, you know, almost looking at a full third of, of the work right there. So I kind of thought that was a good number to settle in on. Sure. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I think so. So making a prediction right now, I think I'll go with the over, but I think it very much depends on just how much it impacts one, the Saints defense, but then two, how much it impacts the Buccaneers offense. I mean, if you, if you put a B on the, on the field, when you're Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and you see that Saints defense, just kind of having to react and you see a little bit of uncomfortableness and that it's stressing that Saints defense more than more than probably you're used to seeing, then I think that, that shows the value that he brings being on the field. Absolutely.
0: All right, well, we are going to get to some game plans in just a moment. But first, we have to give a shout-out to our friends over at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. You guys know how I am. I'm eating pizza. I'm eating a cheese and cracker tray. I'm eating anything that I can grab with just one hand. And I'm washing it down with a diet Pepsi because I'm one of those diet people. I think regular pop is just too sweet. I prefer the diet. Um, But, yeah, nothing better on game day than a delicious Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football content Football watching content from Pepsi. Pepsi made for football watching. Our game plans for beating the Saints and key matchups for week nine coming up in segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day. All right, back now on Friday. Locked On Bucks segment two. We're going to drop our game plans. We actually had a caller, James. I want to say it was Jim from South Carolina who called in and had this idea said he wanted to, wanted us to kind of put on our offensive and defensive coordinator hats. So I want to give it a shot here, James. We, and if we like it enough, we might turn it into a regular thing. Um, so here's how we're going to do this, because we don't have enough time for each of us to be both Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles. So we're each going to be one of these, and then we'll get into some key matchups. I'm going to be Byron Leftwich this week. Thank goodness. I can't <laughs> handle that kind of pressure and scrutiny. So but game plan it, for beating the New Orleans Saints. So we talked about this with Ross Jackson, right? And the New Orleans Saints – have their defense or secondary, especially has been, I don't want to say historically bad, but they've been pretty stinking bad so far and especially going deep. And I kind of chronicled that with Ross. So if you, if you missed all that stuff, that's going to kind of bleed into this. So if you missed all the buildup for why I'm going to say what I'm about to say, head on back, find our crossover episode with Ross Jackson from the locked on saints podcast. You'll hear all that conversation and know exactly where I'm coming from. And I kind of have the same strategy in basketball. And it's funny because I made a couple of other sports analogies on the crossover episode. So I'm going to kind of stick with that theme here as well. And I've got this kind of game plan theory, right? And, of course, everything shifts a little bit as the, as the tide rolls. Um, but essentially what I like to do is when we have what I call an, an open possession. So it's a possession coming off of a non-score from the other team, right? Um, and it, obviously in basketball it's easier to do because you've got more possessions to work with, right? But what I like to do is on those open possessions, unless it's a fast break, what you do is you go ahead and you take the three. You try to extend The lead, obviously, if you have the lead, you try to extend the lead. If you don't have the lead, you take that opportunity to try to cut into the deficit a little bit more. I'd like to see the Buccaneers do that against this secondary in this game against New Orleans Saints. What I mean by that is this. Let's say the Buccaneers start with the ball and they go downfield. They're pretty good at scoring on the first possession or in the first quarter. Let's say they put up a field goal. Saints come back. They put up a field goal. Okay, cool. So we're even we're matched. We're going to keep it a little bit conservative. We're going to keep it a little bit within get the, the organic game plan, you know, what I mean taking what the defense can give us and all those types of things. But once the defense gets a stop, so let's say second, third possession, in, we're trading jabs, we're trading maybe a touchdown and a field goal here at the Saints. Once the Buccaneers defense gets a stop, that's where I would call that open possession. And I want to see you go for the jugular. I want to see play action setting up the deep ball. I want to see Antonio Brown. And again, I, I honestly don't think Chris is playing this weekend. But if Chris Godwin's out there, I want to see A B on the outside, Scotty Miller on the outside, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin both lined up in the slot and just stress that defense. Just stress, make them commit to who they're going to give up. They're going to give up one of these playmakers. Who is it going to be? You choose New Orleans, and we'll take the we'll take the free yards. You know what I'm saying? I want to see them take that what I would call that three point shot, be extra aggressive. That's where you want to see the BA in this offense come out over the Tom Brady come out. So in those in those extra possessions, open possessions, if you want to call them that, that's where I want to see this team go for the jugular. Try to stress this defense even more by putting up points on the board. Put more pressure on Drew Brees. We've already seen that that arm is just not looking very good. If the Buccaneers put up a good amount of points starting this game, it's going to stress out Sean Payton, stress out that offense because they're going to be playing catch up, and this offense doesn't look like they can play catch up right now.
0: Yeah, I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense. You got all these weapons, you got to utilize them and and take advantage of what it was what some of the weaknesses are that we've seen out of this new Orleans saints team. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan, I, you know, and I was, if I had been Byron, I probably would have leaned a little bit more towards what I talked about with the Packers game and really utilizing Rojo and Fournette and keeping that saints offense on the sideline as, as much as possible. But, you know, I, I like your approach The if you continue to pressure them and force breezes, you know, not as strong arm to be the one to beat you. You allow your, your pass rush to get a little bit more pressure on them, try to force the mistakes, which brings us over to the defensive game plan. Um, look, it's simple. You let you let Todd Bowles be Todd Bowles. You bring blitzes from every angle, every spot, every position that you possibly can, and you continuously do to Drew Brees what you did to Aaron Rodgers. They were in his face every play. They were knocking him to the ground. They were getting him off his spot. They were making him uncomfortable, and it led to mistakes. It led to incompletions. You have to bring that kind of pressure, and you have to bring it even faster than you did. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Well, so is Drew Brees. And even though his arm isn't as strong as it used to be, it can still get the ball out quick. So you have to bring that pressure, you know, ridiculously fast before breeze uses it against you which brings me to my next point i do not want to see what i saw in new york this is a different type of offense this is a different type of quarterback a different type of team you can't be giving michael thomas and emmanuel sanders and you know all these saints receivers these weapons 10 12 yard cushions you have got to be right up on the ball get them off their spot carlton davis played michael thomas perfectly the first time and he did so by staying in his face keeping the timing off getting him off his spot being physical within the rules of being physical yeah he did have one pass interference call we know i got it so that's what you need to do last you know lastly finally however you want me to put it You have got to find a way to contain Alvin Kamara. And that is much easier said than done. But the Buccaneers have done a phenomenal job of shutting down these running backs week after week after week. But Kamara hurt them, and he did so more in the passing game than he did as a running back. You've got to have somebody follow him all over the field. Is that Devin White? Is that Levante David? I don't know because those guys have been a little susceptible to that wheel route that we've seen utilized against these you know, fast linebackers using the speed against them, and it's created big plays for opposing teams. The Giants scored a touchdown off of it. The Bears were wheel routing up and down the field on that Thursday night game. You've got to find a way to minimize Alvin Kamara's impact, force Drew Brees to beat you, if you do that and you're getting the pressure on them, you're playing that press coverage, you're you're getting the receivers uncomfortable and off their spot, it's going to lead to some turnovers and the Buccaneers
1: are going to win that game. Yeah, I fully expect to see the Saints try to get a wheel route from our, with Alvin Kamara lined up against, uh, preferably an outf- outside linebacker for them. Um, First drive. You know, the, the Chicago Bears, look, they they showed it. They exposed it. And until the Buccaneers learned how to stop it because Deion Lewis scored on a wheel route against Devin White. I love Devin White. Um, but that continues to be the Achilles healer. And, you know, I mean, not to the sense that that's what kills the Buccaneers defense is obviously they still, they still won that Giants game. But the Bears exposed something there and, and they've got to get better at protecting that because I think you're 100% right that teams are going to continue coming at them that way uh, until they do. Um, so good game plan. Me personally, I think that I would be a little bit more conservative. I don't think I would rush any more than five on any down that's not third and 12 or longer. Like third and 12 or longer, bring six. You know, if you want to bring seven, bring seven, depending on the formation they come out in. Make Drew Brees get rid of the ball faster so that they can't get to the sticks. But I think uh, you know there there is more of there is more concern over being overly aggressive against a guy like Drew Brees than there is making him nervous. You're not going to scare Drew Brees. Um, yeah. You might get to him here and there, but you're not going to scare that man. And if you ru- if you rush, I think five and six consistently against him, he's going to find the open spot and he's going to find a way to pick you apart. So moving into that, so we're going to go into key matchups, but we're going to flip the script a little bit. So since you gave the defensive game plan, James, I'm going to give the key defensive matchup the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you already kind of touched on it. And that's going to be Carlton Davis. And I know you like it because actually you gave it to me before we started. <laughs> so Carlton Davis versus Michael Thomas. Uh, and like you said, James, you know, Michael Thomas held a three catches five tar- on five targets for 17 yards. It's the last time he played football because he's been so banged up since then. And don't, don't think that Buccaneers fans don't think that's a little bit of NFL karma coming back to bite Sean Payton in the butt, because if he's not trying to do everything he was trying to do at that end of that game, Maybe Michael Thomas doesn't get rolled up on, which is where that if that initial injury comes in. Now he's dealing with the hamstring. Uh, but trust me, I think Buccaneers fans are feeling a little bit of karmic justice uh, from the saints Bucks rivalry and, and that whole situation. But potentially coming back this week, uh, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders should be back active this week. Marquez Callaway, who is, has developed into a playmaker and a potential threat for the Saints offense, hoping to be active this week. So, yeah, that Buccaneers secondary is going to have some, some matchups against them, But I think. As always with the New Orleans Saints, when Michael Thomas is on the field, it starts with him. So if CD3 can do a good job against him. If you can hold Michael Thomas to under five catches and under 35 to 45 yards, then you're going to keep him from making some of those key first down catches, third down conversions, maybe a touchdown, and you're going to give your team a chance to win.
0: The key matchup for the Buccaneers offense, it's something that you and Ross talked about on yesterday's episode, and I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's this Buccaneers offensive line against the New Orleans defensive line they're getting Marcus Davenport back uh you know he wasn't available in the first matchup cam jordan loves to run his mouth the saints got to breeze or got to brady in this in this first matchup donovan smith had some problems and you, and you touched on it donovan smith has looked really good you know th- for the majority of the season he's had some issues he's had some misses but everyone has By and large, I've been pretty impressed with the way Donovan Smith has played and the way this offensive line has played as a whole down the stretch since from week one to week eight. Now, the other big question is the availability of Ali Marpet. Is he going to clear concussion protocol? Is he going to be available? So this offensive line has to hold strong and has to be a dominant force like we saw in back-to-back, no penalty, no sack weeks for the Buccaneers to come out on top and withstand the pressure that the New Orleans Saints can bring.
1: Yeah, I think outside of uh, New Orleans and Chicago, Donovan's actually been pretty good. Uh, the problem is when he's been bad, he's been big. Real bad. So that's going to wrap up segment two uh, for the today's episode. Coming up in segment three, we're going to talk bold predictions and score predictions right here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: things up on a Friday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Talking about the Bucks Saints Sunday night football. We get to suffer through Chris Collinsworth. May God have mercy on all of our souls. Um,
1: over under 12 and a half times per hour that PFF
0: is mentioned. Over. Over under 22. No, we already did that for AB. A, over under 21 and a half times. Chris Collinsworth goes, here's a guy. <laughs> He's the worst. He wasn't even a good football player. Anyway, we gotta oh. we gotta get through these pretty quick because we are up against the clock as it is. But David, it is time for bold predictions and score predictions. And I'll tell you what I'm going to I, I realize that I should be going first here. That's what that's what this says. But I'm gonna defer to you because my bold prediction for Bucks nation is already in and it might steal a little bit of the thunder from your bold prediction so i'm gonna let you take this one and then i have an alternate bold prediction for this show
1: all right i mean you know what my bold prediction is so apparently it does see a little bit of the thunder so i put a lot of thought into this yes um do. a lot of critical thinking i did a lot of equating equating equate i used a lot of equations i don't know if equating is a word antonio brown is going to get eight targets for four receptions That's eight, four for those keeping score at home for 81 yards. And he's going to have a touchdown, which will be followed by a successful Ryan suck up extra point, meaning he will produce one seven point producing play. That's my bull prediction.
0: For those of you trying to count on your fingers and toes, because you, you math, like our friend Ross instead of my son Beckett, Um, David has Spit out 84, 81, and 17 being all of Antonio Brown's NFL numbers. My bold prediction at BucksNation.com, you should go check out all the bold predictions that are going to be up over there, was not quite as intricate as yours, David. I simply said that Antonio Brown's stat line is going to be better than Michael Thomas's. We're talking more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns in this game than Michael Thomas, but... My alternate one is a little more bold, a little more out there, but I spoke it into existence against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to do it again this time. When the Bucs and Saints played in week one, the Saints won the turnover battle, and that proved to be a huge difference in the game. So on Sunday night football, in front of all the awfulness that is Chris Collinsworth, There's going to be three separate occasions where Chris Collinsworth says, here's a guy, and he's going to be talking about a Buccaneers defender that is taking the ball away from a New Orleans Saints player. That's right. The Buccaneers defense is going to get three takeaways in prime time against the New Orleans Saints, which is going to help them, as I dive into the score prediction, David, help them – Get to a 34 to 21 victory and really taking control of first place in the NFC South. That would be a fun game to
1: watch. Um, I'm going to throw a second prediction out there since you got two. I'm going to get two. I love it. And I'm just going to pull it out of left field right now. Uh, Will Lutz is going to miss more kicks in Ray J Sunday night than Ryan Suckup. I love it. I love it. Uh, and then my it. final score prediction is 31 21 Tampa Bay and I fully expect uh, it to be probably a three-point game until very late in the game, and basically the Buccaneers get a late touchdown to essentially ice it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I realize my, my score is a little larger of a gap, but we could be talking about the Saints being in a position about midway, late into the fourth, trying to march down the field and, you know, take a 28-27 to 27 lead. One of those turnovers is going to turn into some points, for the Buccaneers, and they're going to be able to ice it uh, with a late touchdown to uh, to put them up 34-21. So with that, David, we are out of here. After the game, you know what to do. Send us your voicemails, 813-444-5841.
1: Even sh- if you're drunk, we
0: want your voicemails. True statement. Just watch the language. That's all we ask. You can you can be celebrating or drowning your sorrows just we just ask that you keep it family-friendly because that's what we do on this podcast. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at JARCO underscore Bucks, at Harrison 82 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. We will see you on Monday. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Lock.